What's up, everybody? Show number two this week. Can you believe that? It's season eight of The Matt Report. I told you that I'd be expanding uh, the content, the breadth of content on the show. And today, I'm joined by Justin Rivas, who's a YouTube creator, somebody that I stumbled upon when I was going down the deep, dark rabbit hole of, of learning about cameras to sort of up my game on YouTube. And again, it's not really about the hardware, so not about the equipment, although good lighting and good audio is important. Uh, it's all about the storytelling connection to the audience, so on and so forth. And that's a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about today. Uh, you know, I followed Justin when I, when I first found his tutorials about Panasonic cameras, because that's what I was using at the time. And then I sort of fell into, you know, subscribing to him and following his vlog. And, and he was starting a digital agency at the time. So we're talking all about that, like what that was like for him to up and leave his job, start a creative agency while doing all this YouTube stuff, because it takes a lot of time to create content uh, for those of you that uh, are thinking about doing it. And we get into all of that stuff, why he did it, how he's been successful and the ups and downs. And I think that's really why. I've always been attracted to Justin's content because he is very transparent and he is very just roll up the sleeves, let's let's work on this, let's get it done. Not every video or piece of content is going to be a hit, but that's okay. That's part of the the practice of being a creator and an artist. So I really enjoyed it. MattReport.com, MattReport.com slash subscribe. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Google Play. It helps us get found. I'm trying to hit 200 in iTunes. Let's get right into this show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Matt Report Podcast Season 8. And like I've been saying, like I've been hinting all of this time, starting to branch out, starting to spread my wings. As many of you know, I've been spreading my YouTube wings. And uh, one of my favorite creators is on the show today, Justin Reeves. Justin, welcome to the program. Hey, it's great to be here, Matt. Thank you for having me. What else are you supposed to say? Something like that, you know? Like, well, I'm going to grab. So this is, this is an... I, I actually... This is an audio podcast, but uh, one of the things I'm going to hold up is a visual. It's this Lumix G85. Mm, yes. And, and when I first got this workhorse of a camera, uh, you were one of the very first channels that I found uh, for mm -hmm. tutorials. And that's really like how I got linked into you. I remember that uh, this is this is kind of weird because I, I know about a lot about your life and you don't know a lot about my life. Yeah, but, I, that's I, but, fine. I, but I think yeah. your office was like once upstairs and you had like a Paisley background. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, this, it's actually, this basement has gone through like 18 different iterations as, I think that's like kind of the story of my life is just a thousand micro iterations and you just like keep improving things just a little bit. And along <laughs> the way you make so many messes, but you know, move fast, 80% go. Uh, so what I have invited Justin on the show to talk about today is he is, do I, do I, do I call you a YouTuber, mm. a creator? Sure. A creator. Yeah. On a lot of different platforms, but yes, I love YouTube as well. Uh, on a lot of different platforms. Um, let's just dive right into it. Justin, for folks who don't know who you are, what's that two minute elevator pitch of who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, I did not go to college or university. Instead, I worked my way from McDonald's into a sales job, into a web tech company, into advertising into building my own marketing department for a group of companies back into advertising to become a partner at 27 years old. And then I hated it and I quit four and a half years ago. I think I'm 32 now, something like that. And because I just knew I couldn't do that. And then ended up going down this journey of, yeah, I was into, I was building the websites for companies, doing writing, doing a bunch of online marketing stuff, found Casey Neistat, fell in love with making videos and then met now my business partner, Greg, and we started this channel called Justin and Greg, and we've 
had a wild journey of some incredible stories. Uh, yeah, so we have a Facebook Live show. We work with Facebook's live team down in Palo Alto uh, from up here in Canada. And then, you know, and then we make all sorts of weird viral stories. If you heard about this moose war between Canada and Norway, it was on Colbert and it was on, we were on the BBC and on CNN and on, we made worldwide news because we started a moose war with Norway. It's a very Canadian thing to do. <laughs> Uh, well, we're going to dive uh, dive into that, uh, but but uh, more notably uh, for, for I have a lot of friends who are into sports, especially hockey. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a Boston Bruins fan because I'm Ugh. just just south of Boston, so you know, <sighs> Patriots are in the Super Bowl. Yeah. We're all excited around here. Greg Greg is a massive Patriots fan, but at oh, least I, I respect he hates the Bruins, so <laughs> that's fine. Uh, and then you went to Vegas, and you yes. and you've sort of become like this Canadian ambassador to U.S. Yeah, hockey. we like, tried to we tried to get our province of Saskatchewan, who puts out more professional hockey players per capita than any other province in Canada. But we don't have our own team because we just don't have big enough cities for it. And so we've been trying to get our province to adopt it, and it became this like whole big thing. And we had. Like our governor, he's called the premier on our show. We presented it to him. He didn't say no. We went down there. Long story short, last year in the Stanley Cup final, we're down three to one. And we had this motivational video we just made for Facebook for fun that the team loves so much that they showed it in the entertainment capital of the world to kick off the game, showed it to the players in the locker room before they went on the ice. And that was a, that was a special moment. Not Brittany, not, you know, Timberlake, not Cher, not, you know. Two two idiots from their basement in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada, leading the charge. Justin and Greg. I don't know if is this a is this an insult? I'm drinking Canada, no, Canada Dry. Canada That's Dry is absolutely no. I appreciate that. Thank you for supporting our economy. We appreciate it. Seems to be the you know they make good ginger ale. I I, I didn't even mean to. It's just a, a beverage that I like Perfect. to consume. I want to talk about the YouTube creator journey. A lot mm-hmm. of folks in my audience, they're they're developers. Um, sure. They're they're people who don't really look up from the laptop, uh, but they're starting amazing businesses. They're business mm-hmm. businesses that are doing thousands, tens of thousands of dollars a month, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in some cases, and they're afraid to, you know, do a podcast, turn on a right. YouTube. I know the typical thing is you just got to do it, but for somebody who just did it. Uh, you know, following you years ago, you used to get into your car and you drive to Tim Hortons and, yeah. you know, you give me that whole like inside. I mean, uh, the fear, is it still there like years later? And how do you cope with it? How do you keep pursuing and pushing through that fear of like recording? Yeah. I mean, creativity is a muscle. And, you know, I spent a lot of time hanging out with developers. I'm not one myself, although I did. I do know HTML and CSS, which is, you know, Actually, handy in WordPress, I'll tell you that much, yeah, can, yep, yep. can come in handy in there. But, you know, I I don't know if that's a muscle that, you know, developers, I mean, obviously creativity takes on a different form in that world. And we all know there's a difference between being a good creative developer and being a bad developer. You know, it's different. But in, in this world, I don't know that there's anyone that starts and it's not awkward, you right. know, and you you start and it's bad. I go back to you know, a little bit of my side story before I started this whole Justin and Greg platform, you know, starting on YouTube, I made vlog, I made about 180 vlogs over the course of five months. It was like six or seven hours a day on the side, five days a week forever. I've got three kids. I've got a wife, you know, it was, it was intense, but I wanted to flex that muscle. And the first one was horrible. Like it was so, so bad. There was no story. It was shaky. It was out of focus. Like it, it, it wasn't good. The, at least I had the self-awareness to look at it and go, 
this is terrible. Like, this is so bad. But I was like, if I don't put this one out there, I won't make the second one. But you learn a lot. That's the thing. It's like, no, it's it's scary and it's awkward and you're probably not going to be good at it. You know, right. when you start, I don't like, no, the only way to get good at something is to be terrible at it. Like, right. <laughs> I have young kids. I don't expect my three-year-old to be able to, you know, I was going to say paint a Mozart. That is not a, <laughs> not a good I mean. reference, you know, but like, you know, like they're not, and you don't beat them up for it. Like I right. don't, I don't beat up my kids when they draw, you know, a picture and they're like, look, a dog. And I'm like, you got, you know, four squiggly lines. Like that's right. not, no, but that's the process of getting there. And so, yeah, it's scary. And are people going to make fun of you? Yeah, probably. Cause that's what they do because they're actually mad that they're not doing it themselves. So they just, you know, try and tear down other people. So but yeah, no, it's it's scary and it's awkward and, and I don't know if there's any way around that. Um, but when you find something that you actually care about, you're going to become very good at it. Yeah. I think uh, another thing is too, like especially with uh, entrepreneurship and especially building online businesses, a lot of people see your show and they go, man, I got to... I got to get his lighting. I got to get his camera. Oh, yeah, sure. I got to get. I got to get his backdrop. Or they see Casey Neistat, and they're like, "Yeah, I got to get on a skateboard and almost yep. kill myself in New York or wherever I live and record yep. myself." And yep. they just think like, "Oh, those are the steps to do what they do," which is sadly not the case. And like we talked about, you you've gone through this journey of just the visuals. Yep. Like your set looks awesome now. Not that you look bad before, but I've seen no, it yeah. grow over time. It's, yep. it's tremendous. And it is, yeah, it's, it is the case of a thousand micro iterations. And in some ways we always get in trouble because we, you know, we move so fast or you can test things to death, but the fastest way to learn is to kind of just go for it. But now we've got like, we've got this pro live show and Facebook themselves just sent us a like $7,000 box hardware encoder to make it look more awesome. And that piece of hardware, the last show somehow got well, it seemed like it was okay. I'm just working through the support team, but our audio was a second off from our voice or for our mouse, like on the video. And in some ways it kind of like ruined the whole show, you would think, except we had as many people as we've ever had and almost like, or we, we kept consistent. They stayed, they commented, they loved the show because it's not about the lighting. It's not about the sound. It's about you the right. person, whoever it is. Like, it's always about story. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's about story and it's about value to, you know, your audience's lives. And I think, yeah, you can get caught up in seeing what everybody else is doing. And I think those things are great to inspire you to, you know, get started and get moving on what, you know, and give you some creative ideas to try out and to practice. But at the end of the day, you yourself need to be saying something that's of value to the audience or communicating something. Um, I watch a Casey Neistat because I love his stories. Mm. You know, and there's other people out there you could... You know, I don't expect everybody to know all these wor- the, the worlds, but like a Peter McKinnon is this guy who's blown up completely be- in many ways because of his visuals. I mean, his personality as well. But this guy, Casey Neistat, who to me is the king of YouTube. I love him more than anyone. Doesn't have the strongest, you know, like his his colors are weird and his cinema- cinematography isn't as good as other people. And But to me, it's about him as a person, as a story. And I just, it's so entertaining to me. Yeah, I, I could go. I could go a lot of ways because I, I too watch these, uh, these creators uh, all the time. And and what is it with like? I have so many Canadian creators yeah. that I watch. Like, there's so many Canadian creators. It's the Dope Squad. It's like it is weird. Actually, in some ways, there's probably a bigger metaphor here. But this was a community of people that, rather than competing against each other, decided, hey, 
what if we all realize there's more success in the world than all of us can handle? So let's all go after it together. And even interesting thing, uh, apparently the YouTube algorithm favors pods, which is like multiple creators that keep plugging each other. It will like raise a pod together as opposed to just a single person. And so there are there's this movement, especially in this province of Ontario where you've got, you know, Peter McKinnon and Lizzie Pierce and Chris Howe and, um, you know, Jesse Driftwood and uh, Alan Palander and even Becky and Chris who are just south of the border. And, and But they're all kind of like collaborating. And I think we could learn a lot from that to go rather than competing all the time, there's actually, you know, there's this old saying about one will chase a thousand, but two will chase 10,000 that in collaboration together, you know, you can be a lot more effective. And so, yeah, it seems like the Canadian YouTubers got on the same page because we're nice Canadians and went, hey, we're going to work together. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you and I both, uh, you, I and many share a common favorite entrepreneur. Well, I shouldn't say favorite mm -hmm. in, in, to put the words in your mouth, but Gary Vaynerchuk. Yes. Um, man, it's like. It's like content consumption on steroids. Like sometimes, well, it, yeah, it's crazy. Because even him, he's like, "You need to be putting out more content and more content." I'm like, "Gary, <laughs> you're putting out too much content." Right. But you know, like he's got the data to back it up. The funny thing is, yeah. So I mean, a lot of people know Gary V. If you're doing online business, you you probably either love him or hate him. You know, one way or the other. Um, I first saw Gary V. in 2012. Um, automotive. I was working in the automotive world, and he was speaking at just a marketing conference that I decided to go to. And he had spoken to a whole bunch of like Ford executives and the owners of, of car dealerships. And he used all these F words and which is funny because the executives are like, Oh, you shouldn't swear. But if you ever into a car dealership, it's like everybody else in the room was like, yeah, like this is perfect. <laughs> but he was a guy who just in 2012 shifted my perspective on the whole world. Right. I just heard him talk and I went, this guy's right. And everybody else is trying to be self-protection, you know, not really speak the truths. And I was in the marketing world and I went, what he's saying is true. And so, you know, over the years I met him um, in 20, I was actually on Daily V like 181 or something in Atlanta. And, um, but yeah, I, I so much appreciate this idea of just put yourself out of business. And even when I quit from the advertising agency world, and many people here are, are in as much the consulting business as they are the development business, because especially like WordPress and building websites is you're working with somebody to understand what they want, you know, and come out with valuations for that. I read this book by a guy named Patrick Lencioni, and it was called Getting Naked. And it was this idea of in consulting traditional senses is it's all about like keeping your cards close to your chest, a little bit of smoke and mirrors, not letting people in to, you know, know that, hey, I can build this website in four hours because I'm really fast at it, but I'm still going to charge you five grand because right. that's what it's worth. And just pulling back the curtain on the whole thing going, guys, this is what it is. This is my approach. I don't actually know the answer to that, but I'll find <laughs> you somebody who does, right. you know, and how much people appreciate you being a normal human being and being honest with them. And that was part of the reason I read that book on a Sunday. I quit on Monday because I was like, I can't play this game anymore. I just need to be completely open and honest. And that's what I appreciate about a guy like Gary is, you know, love him or hate him, or even if think if he's wrong or he's right, he's not keeping any secrets. He's giving yeah. everything away and saying, this is just the way I see the world. And I'll admit if I'm wrong, but I'm right a lot of the time. So I have this thing and, and, not many people agree with me, but <laughs> let me no, throw perfect. it at you and see if you kind of feel me. Feel Disagree me on this one. completely. Uh, <laughs> so I do a lot of consulting. Uh, I, I used to 
you know, be a consultant in the small business, local economy, that kind of thing. Uh, had a digital agency, did all that fun stuff. Now uh, I do, I'm a mentor in an accelerator and I see these businesses coming through this accelerator. They're just, they have an idea, they're trying to launch a business, mm -hmm. but they're, you know, they're restaurateurs, they're, they're trying to like build a product. Uh, they have a brick and mortar store. There's all these other things that these people are doing. They're not thinking technology. They're not thinking right. content. And what I'm worried is, is they can't keep up with the kind of content creation that Gary wants people to do or or even just like pick a channel and do really well at it. I think a lot of, of this content creation is overwhelming for the small business that, man, it's going to get harder and harder to compete creating yeah. content as a small business owner. Agree? Y disagree? Yeah. I, I think about a a weirdly relevant example. So our city is a city of about 250,000 people. And we are now just deciding whether we're going to allow Uber and Lyft to come into our city. And so I was actually on Monday speaking at city council on behalf of, I'm in favor of it, obviously. Um, if you've ever used it, you're like, oh, this is a far superior service to taxis. Um, not that they don't have their place, whatever. It doesn't matter. But the mayor actually had a good comment. No, not the mayor. It was a different. It was a. It was one of the city councilors. He talked about. It. He's like, guys, autonomous vehicles are coming. We need to get this in place so that we're actually ready for the next thing that's coming. And we're already four or five years behind in understanding what the next thing is. And I feel the same way about content, where uh, there are people now who are just getting in and doing things that made sense two years ago. But they don't realize they go, oh, it's only two years ago. But you don't understand how fast the world moves now that soon they'll, they'll be, you know, you'll need to be able to like, hey, you're doing something that was three months. That was three. So three months ago. Yeah, Snapchat. Like, what do you mean? What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> like, what do you mean three months ago? Like, well, it was like that worked three months ago. And I mean, that was we had, you know, for a while we had our consulting business and we did well in the social media world because we spent half our time just making content and living in the content world. And we realized like this stuff is changing every single day. Like it is in some ways, I feel for small business owners because it is so hard to keep up. Um, and there is always this balance of word of mouth is always going to be your best advertising. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what you do. If you have a great product or service, there's a chance you're going to be okay. But if you can understand that and then you can leverage social, then you could just absolutely annihilate. But yeah, it's it's tough to keep up. It moves fast, but yeah, I think we're probably on the same page. Just find one platform that even if you like and just get in there and at least understand what's going on because I recently was in a conversation with a chief marketing officer of a, you know, a national bank and he was saying how he spends hundreds of millions of dollars on direct mail and TV, but he doesn't really do social, you right. know? And right. but it's just like I get it because some people grew up in a world where they understand TV and they understand direct mail because they grew up with it. And now this thing is new and it's like learning a different language. Like right. it is tough. So, yeah. Speaking of tough, getting that YouTube channel off the ground, hmm. right? So if anybody's listening to this and uh, I actually know a few colleagues of mine who are, who are putting a, a nice concerted effort into creating a YouTube channel. Uh, the, the real quick story about you know, me was, I started my agency like nearly a decade ago. And <laughs> we were, my father's a pro photographer. He had a bunch of equipment. Now I'm, I'm talking a decade ago when like yeah. 10, when 1080p was just coming yeah. to Nikon cameras and the files were massive. The compute power to edit them were, were like disgusting. And I started a YouTube channel for the, for the studio. We cranked out 
a video every single day. It was insane, right? To move the, just yep. to move these files around back yep. then. Grew the channel to 7,000 subscribers and let it die. Wow. Gave uh, up on it. Gave up on uh, it. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> Reintroduced myself into the world of YouTube about two years ago. Started creating, I was like, you know what? This podcasting thing, it works. I get a lot of good listeners, a lot of good count sure. for, for WordPress. But let me get into the game of Word, uh, of, of YouTube. Started doing WordPress tutorials on YouTube, showing people how to use the software. Every day, every every week, twice or three times a week. And I was like, I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. Right. And in six months, I grow the channel to 2,000 subscribers. And I'm just like, I don't want to do this anymore. This con right. like This is just so boring to me yep. personally. I, I've uploaded one video, which was at the beginning of January. The channel has grown from 2,000 subscribers to 7,800 subscribers without, <laughs> without uploading yep. a single video. video. Yep. <laughs> Flash forward, I've got the Matt Report YouTube channel where I do talking head videos, and it's like one subscriber. Yes. Weeks go by, yep. two subscribers. <laughs> and I'm yep. like, I, this, is, this is driving me crazy. How, how, how does one deal with the envy of other creators that are out there growing at immense paces. It might not even be a question you can answer, but it's like, I'm like, man, this is this is tough sometimes. Well, the, it's interesting for me because we create, Justin and Greg is primarily a Facebook video platform. And my own personal YouTube channel, which, yeah, is like 11 or 12,000 subscribers is, you know, is YouTube. But it's kind of the nature of the difference between the channels and part of why I'm not sure that YouTube will win in the long term over Facebook is YouTube is all, you're at the mercy of the search algorithm. Right. Like that's typically how it works. And so tips and tricks and tutorials and how my whole channel grew was off of people searching for cameras like yourself, you know, and reviews of this versus that or lens or, or how to do this or tips or tricks. But, you know, over half of my content on my channel is, you know, video blogs and trying to be entertaining. And But do people watch it? Well, some of them that get to know you might. But a lot of people, it's very transactional. You know, hey, what are you, what are you giving me out of this? <laughs> but unless you can kind of break through and become a Casey Neistat who you're watching for his personality and his things. But it's very hard to find those people or, or if you're a creator with your voice to get it out there. Meanwhile, Facebook has this thing called a share button. And the great thing is, on Facebook, everyone has an, their own audience because they all have friends. You know, two or three hundred or five hundred or a thousand friends. You you have an audience. Whereas on YouTube, a lot of the people consuming YouTube don't have an audience. Like right. they are not creators themselves. They don't have any subscribers, and there's no way for them to take your video and share it with their friends unless they were to copy the link, go over to Facebook, paste the link. It, nobody's going to do that. And so we found great success because. Yeah, like uh, rural Uber. This video we did about Uber coming to our province, and we driving got on the buy front a tractor. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Get picked up in the bucket in a tractor. Well, it turns out we didn't know. Farm kids all over the world have been ridden in the bucket seat, meaning the bucket of a front of a tractor, and it did 10 million views because it got shared 250 thousand times. You know, so you have that ability to kind of break through the noise if your content is good enough. Whereas on YouTube. Your content can be good enough, but it's still hard to even get it out there. And so, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a massive challenge. But I also think a lot of the times people go, oh, my channel isn't growing because the algorithm's not favoring me or I can't break through. And sometimes, you know, you go watch your content and you go, no, you're just not that interesting or it's not, you know, it's not different. Like a lot of times, like, hey, your content's great, except 
I know four other creators who are already way more massive that if I want to watch that, I'll watch them. And they were the original ones who did that. Right. So, you know, kind of trying to find a vertical or a, or a niche that other people aren't in is some of the challenge. And when you do, how do you get it out there? So it's, yeah, yeah it's messy. And you can find yourself like, <clears throat> you know, it's like, hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur because building my own business is great. I'm not going to have a boss. And then like two years sure. later, you're like, I hate this job. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, and I started laughing when you were talking about your, your live show, because I just think back to like how many times people have said, Hey, Justin, what's the best lens I should get for, for, for my micro four thirds Panasonic. And you'd be like 12 to 35, 12 to 35. Yeah. Like, how many, just, like you should just start off every live stream with how many exactly. Justin, 12 to yeah. 35. <laughs> just... Here are the five questions I know I'm going to get asked. <laughs> I will answer them right now. You know, just get this out of the way. But at the end of the day is if you're interesting, your phone's fine. Like it does like, there yeah. are people out there who, you know, I love cameras. I love tech. I love nerding out about all that kind of stuff. And, it is kind of this weird dichotomy of the gear doesn't matter, but I still love the gear and the gear can help and be fun and be inspiring and, and do some things. But at the end of the day, like it's, it's about value to the audience and people lose track of that where they go, I made this really cool vlog and it's got cool transitions and, and the beautiful shots and you know, this and that and that. But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, but my life isn't any better for having watched it. And mm. that is the key for any content that you put out there on any platform for everybody listening, you need to answer the question, how is the audience's life better for having consumed this piece of content? And that's where tips and tricks, great. Transactionally, I got something out of it. Entertainment, I laughed or I enjoyed myself. You you helped me release some dopamine in my brain because it was funny or I felt something. But that is that is the crux of all content where businesses miss almost anything where they're trying to advertise saying, hey, learn about our product or service. And I just go, I don't care about your product or service. What's in it for me? Right. There's a, uh, a, an American YouTube creator that I, that I watch, uh, Chase Reeves. Um, oh. I don't know if, if you've ever tuned in. Are you it. serious right now? Yeah, but he spells his, it differently. He spells I was just double checking no, his spelling. Chase Reeves, his wife, Melissa, used to come over to my house when we watched Star Trek together. Oh my God! So you you already know who I'm talking about. Chase then. and I I know Chase very well. He reviews bags, and he's right. the funniest guy on the internet. He's funniest guy on the internet. He's the homeless Jesus, as he calls himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but here's the guy. I was going to use him as a as a as a uh, cornerstone example. Here is yeah, he started out with bags, and he crushed mm-hmm. it with bags. Yeah. And he continues to do bags, but now you start to see him branch mm-hmm. out to do pants, pants. headphones. The pants reviews are absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Right, because he's got personality. And right. at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't care about travel pants and I don't really care about bags. Although eventually I did need a bag and then I was crushing his content. I'm like, I just want to watch Chase be Chase because he makes me laugh and he makes me smile. Yeah, hipster Jesus. It's, uh, I guess the point of me bringing that up was, is, is, is even if you find yourself, I guess, stuck in a, uh, a content loop of ruts and it's just like, man, mm-hmm. I- I'm not doing this, but you are seeing some growth. Well, maybe it's an opportunity for you to just stay heads down on that content and then right. build up an audience and then start to branch out a little bit uh, yep. instead of trying to be like be all things to all people and go, yeah. go nowhere. And I, I guess I'll say this is I did my vlog for, you know, uh, you know, seven months and put a ton of work into it. And part of the thing driving me was feeling like, Am I always potentially one video away from a breakthrough where something like big actually happens that could, that, you know, really change things? But I got to the point where I realized my vlog was costing me too much because 
I didn't love making it as much as I did. Part of it was I became very disciplined at doing it. Um, but I realized like I was on vacation actually in Hawaii with my family and I was just sitting on my phone refreshing to get more comments because I was just stuck in the YouTube cycle of needing that for like some sense of validation. So I just killed it um, because it it can become unhealthy. And the thing that I fear the most is becoming successful at something that I don't want to do. Right. Because having to continue to do something you don't love is just like, that's horrible. Now, there are seasons where you need to, yeah, grind it out, you know, put your nose down, force yourself to go through some things that maybe you don't want to do that help you get to the breakthrough. But if the fundamental principle of what you're doing is, I don't really enjoy doing this, why would you do that? Right. And I think we've sort of answered this next uh, statement, but I know a lot of friends and colleagues that that try to 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 start their YouTube channel through doing a vlog. And I think that's I, that's even hard, in, at least in my brain, even yeah. harder to, to, to break through because one, it has to be so interesting for most people. And two, it's like, it's invasive. It's, you know, it's, it's yep. hard to do every single day. Um, you know, I, I would imagine your advice would be, hey, let's try to stay topical in the beginning. I mean, unless you're just jumping out of airplanes right, right out of the gate, it's probably best to find a topical content. Yeah, I mean... Depends. Vlogging is no. I'm going to I'm going to agree with you with a caveat that vlogging is this amazing journey of self discovery um, at times too that can be good for your own personal development and in some ways too great practice for talking to the camera and learning about story and learning to shoot a bunch of different things and expanding skills. But as far as like if your goal is no, I want this content to break through the noise of YouTube. Uh, vlogging is such a convoluted, crowded space where your chances of of one actually being good enough to tell stories that the masses care about, like are, are slim to none until you put an egregious amount of time into it, unless you're like some weird personality, but they're also so time consuming to make good vlogs. Like editing a good vlog is, is hours and hours of time. And at the, at the end of the day, the thing that I've come to terms with from my own YouTube channel, because, you know, we're full-time content creators on the Justin and Greg platform, but I still love my YouTube channel. And I still love my audience that's on my YouTube channel. But most of the time that I have available for it is after the kids go to bed a couple nights a week from like, you know, 8 p.m. till midnight and it's dark outside. I can't go shoot anything. I can't actually make good quality reviews of trying out cameras doing this. So I'm like, you know what I can do? All I can afford time-wise is sit at this desk and say something. And I don't even really have the time nor the energy or the mental capacity to edit it. And But I know for me, I'm fine talking for 10 or 12 minutes. Not everybody's going to love it. That's fine. They're going to be like, you need to edit this or you need to put in example clips. You need to do this and that. No, actually, I don't because I don't owe you anything <laughs> right, exactly. on one hand. But you know, on the other hand, it's like, that's what I can do. And some people go, this is great. I get value to this. And other people go, I don't get value of it. But at the end of the day, you do what you can do. And I'm like, I have the capacity to do that. That's it for now. So that's what I'm going to do. As, as we sort of wrap up in the final minutes here, um, I mean, again, just following you on YouTube and sort of understanding that journey. And I, I remember at one point uh, you were uh, concocting the next business uh, or the business idea. Now, this is probably, okay. what, two years ago. Again, I think I yeah. think back to Tim Hortons and, you've, and you actually yeah. partnered up with Greg. And at that time, it seemed like you were going to do uh, social and content as an agency, mm -hmm. as a consultancy. Uh, how has that changed? How has that ride been? It sounds like you're just pure content creation now. Yeah. Um, 
give us yeah so we yeah kind of two years ago uh, greg was in the same like ad agency world and that was kind of my background but we both loved content and we had kind of started this justin and greg show facebook live show not even like we met three times um like we met doing a video we met twice a coffee and then a lunch and then i came over his house and i said hey i'm thinking about starting a facebook live show do you want to do it with me because i was winding down the vlog and i needed something different and he was like sure like when do you want to start and i said how's tuesday and so we're like cool let's do tuesday set up a black backdrop we had no idea what we were doing we just kind of started the show and then after the second show i said hey you should quit your job and the funny thing is he said his wife before the second show so we, we have now met a total of five times um he said justin's gonna ask me to quit his job and i'm gonna say yes so i said quit your job let's start a company together and let's do it and so they say don't start a company with your friends so i did it with a stranger you know and we kind of did the whole social agency for a while. And what's crazy is because we practice what we preach, which is so important, I think, because we're advising companies on social, but they can see that we're doing a ton of stuff in social. They're like, you guys know what you're doing, that we actually, in the a very short amount of time, we had like the biggest dream clients you could possibly want in our city. Like, you know, national, international, massive sports brands. Like we we had it, but what we realized was what we loved was making content. And it was tough for us to split our time between making content and trying to serve clients and do both of them well because they were kind of competing visions and they would get in the way of each other all the time. So at the end of the day, we kind of made the decision. It was actually kind of in May of last year to go, okay, all the clients are gone and we're going to try and go full-time content. And that's been an interesting journey. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and what is, how, how does one make a living just doing content sponsorships? If you know, let me know. No, okay. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and well, the thing is, is like, there's the influencer game, which is, um, honestly, we kind of not hate it. We understand why it is what it is, but a lot of it's very transactional. Brand X pays influencer X to post a picture of them with a product, write a description about it, and take X number of dollars. Got it. Whether they actually care about the company or not, we don't know, you know, and it feels like, bleh. and it's just an ad. And for us, we don't want to create ads. We want to create content that people actually care about and want to watch. Right. And so when we can find partners who go, hey, there's actually alignment here, and we go, we actually love you guys because we don't do anything with somebody that we don't know and trust. We learned that the hard way early on. Um, yeah, it is, it's businesses who partner and go, Hey, success, mutual success. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the gap though. And those partners can be few and far between. So it's been a lot of lean time because we keep playing long-term. We could have cashed in short-term, started making money, you know, doing all these little ads and these little things. But at the end of the day, we went, our audience wouldn't forgive us and we would lose because many of them would leave to go, you guys sold out, if you if you will. And for some people, I'm not judging anybody who does because you right. got to make a living. Yeah. But no, I, I I totally agree with you. One of the things I started uh, about a year ago is a local podcast in my local community. Now I'm I sit in between <clears throat> um, two smaller cities south of of Boston, so there's probably uh, in the two cities maybe 220,000 sure. people total, right? And, and then yep. a bunch of towns in around that, that area. I started a local entrepreneurship podcast. And I'm like, you know what? I talked to all these people out on the internet about their businesses. Right. There's now a startup accelerator in my local area. Let's take cool. that same yep. framework and talk about it local. I did two episodes <clears throat> uh, in this podcast. Walked into a coffee shop and somebody said, hey, are you, you're Matt from that, 
that podcast. And I'm like, man, <laughs> yeah. how the hell? Yeah. Two episodes? Like, how does yeah. that work? Like on the internet, I never walk into a restaurant and everybody's like, hey, listen to the Matt Report podcast about yeah. WordPress entrepreneurship. <laughs> totally, yeah. It never happened, right? Yeah. But I did it locally. So I guess what I'm getting at here is, and it sounds like you too have found pretty good success in the local market where most people might be thinking, I got to move to New York or I got to oh, you yeah. know, go to a big metro area. I, I, found, I found like there's money out there and local might be a place a lot of people want to turn to for content creation. The funny thing is too, is I think everybody thinks that way. And so nobody does anything. And so for us here, we're kind of the, you know, definitely the first like video focused influencers in our entire province. And so we gained notoriety a lot quicker and kind of dominated an entire market because nobody else was really doing it. And so if you're not looking around and seeing a ton of people doing it, you'd kind of be crazy not to because it doesn't have to be as good or as wild or as whatever, you know. And here's another secret. When you care about something that somebody else cares about, you win. And so local is a massive way to win quickly because people care about their local market. And that was for me. I just started telling stories around, you know, our local city, which is the capital city of the province. And I got named the first ever ambassador for the city because I was the only one doing it. And they're like, here, you should be an ambassador. And it's like, okay. like, And so there is, you know, there's definitely, you know, opportunities. And then you grow that and like, yeah, I mean, now we, we get to talk about, you know, with big national companies and bigger level things, but it always, you know, it starts small and you just keep iterating and iterating and iterating. I love to hear like a, like a vlog monologue and you're like getting your reward and you're thinking to yourself, how the hell did I get? Yeah, totally. <laughs> why, why did you pick me? Oh man. Yeah. The stories are wild, but yeah. And you just never know. Like you honestly, you never know who you're going to meet and run into. And we had this crazy story where we were trying to go to New York to deliver these the city we're from, it's called Regina, not Regina. It's pronounced Regina because that's the name the queen pronounced it and it's named after her. And there was this song called Experience Regina and Jimmy Fallon made fun of it on his show. And so then somebody made t-shirts for Experience Regina. We wanted to deliver one. So like we go there with this like big three-part plan of how we're going to get into 30 Rock and deliver a shirt to them and they, they all fail. And then somebody ends up tweeting us who follows this other thing we do about the hockey team. And they're like, hey, I served in Afghanistan with a guy who works on the crew of the the show let me you know connect you called in a favor and like you just never know who's gonna be interested when you put yourself out there and you do some things so and sort of last uh last question uh to wrap things up it's it the jimmy fallon thing is something i wanted to get to because uh, again just from a, a viewer standpoint you know i've seen you make efforts to the jimmy fallon mm-hmm. the vegas knights casey neistat um these other larger brands is is that sort of a behind the scenes strategy like hey you know these people have massive audiences let's create something fun to go after these folks and if they hook on to us man that's a big fish or are you just like having no, fun i wish just falling i wish we were that strategic <laughs> all of our successes come when we get excited about something yeah that is just that is our if we if we don't get excited about it we we simply will not do it and so all of these stories have simply come from us getting excited about something like even this this moose story that yeah was on yeah cnn and the bbc we're on this one it was like bbc world service hey we want to interview guys i'm like i google it bbc world service the world's largest international broadcaster i'm like oh okay like you know stuff like that was simply because i was on the phone chatting with somebody we found out this city that's down the street from us called moose jaw used to have the world's tallest moose and Norway stole the title and said their moose was nicer. I'm like, ah, we should make a video. It'd be funny if we told them that they had to reclaim the title. I hang up the phone. And I'm like, Greg, 
let's drive there and make this video right now. And so we just got in the car, we drove there, and because we got excited about it, we're like, yeah, this will be funny. And we're like, this might only do 1,500 views, we don't know, and but it did 220,000 over the weekend because people got a hold of it, they started sharing it, and then reporters started calling, and reporters started calling. And we're still going, 20 days after we made the first video, it's still constantly in the national news cycle as there's more updates and nothing stays in the news that long. And we've been on every major news network, like, in the world over this thing we just got excited about. So I, see, I think that's I a strategy. See, I see the the clips on uh, the, the Colbert YouTube channel. <laughs> is 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 your is the content on YouTube or is it on Facebook only? Like, have, yeah, no, it's on. We posted it to both. Okay, and cool. We, like we started a GoFundMe, and you know, and uh, <laughs> we needed a YouTube video for that, so we put it in there. But yeah, we put it out lots of places. But it kind of went it went nuts on Facebook, and now the other one on YouTube's picking up because all the news outlets. It's easier to embed YouTube, I guess. Yeah, so. that's yeah. awesome. I'm going to definitely link that up uh, for the post. Well, Justin, uh, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do the show. Where can folks find you to say thanks? Um, I'm at Justin Revis. That's R-E-V-E-S. Um, or you can find, if you're curious about this Justin and Greg thing, it's just at Justin and Greg on any platform. But um, yeah, come say hi. If you have any questions, I love answering like, camera tech getting started inspiration just find me shoot me a message instagram's a great place twitter's a great place um yeah i'd love to connect awesome justin thanks a lot everybody else is mariport.com mariport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list we'll see you in the next episode